We have a focus on the top 10 stories of the week, so the cutoff story at 11 has this headline. Ousted America's Got Talent judges reportedly complained of toxic culture. And if you want more on that, you'll have to check out our website and the link for this week's podcast. But if you're ready to hear the top 10 stories as per you, the stories that you said were the most conversational throughout this week, even if it was a slow week for Turkey Day, then we've got that coming up for you next here on the Weekly Wrap-Up Show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne, brought to you by ThisIsTheConversation.com, the show for the week ending November the 30th, 2019. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. Whether this is your first time here or you are a longtime conversationalist, that's what I call the listeners to the podcast, thank you so much for being with us and let us know how you find us and what you find about us that is cool and sometimes not so cool by emailing us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. I said that part and this is the weekly wrap-up show. Set apart as well, but why does this thing exist? Well, we have something called the Conversation Project, a website at thisisaconversation.com that looks out to find the most conversational news topics across the week. Things that don't get kind of splashed on a chyron on the mainstream media and the news networks that get stuck on literally the same story all day long. What we do is we post stories to our social media platforms on Facebook. It is This Is A Conversation, as well as Instagram as well. And on Twitter, it's TH underscore conversation. And every 50 minutes or so, although we're a little lax this week, it was a holiday, we post a news article, a headline from various different sources. Some you love, some you may not like that much, but all of them as diverse and sometimes a little crazy as possible. And all you have to do to make this thing work is do what you're doing already. Check your feeds, and as a story from our feed comes through engage with it like it love it hate it share it the more engagement a story gets inside of its feed the higher score it gets and then on friday mornings we pull those that data from friday to friday put in a spreadsheet that weighs the facebook and the twitter evenly make a raw score and go from top to bottom this week top well top is always at number one the bottom story this week is number 192 so 192 distinct different postings as we said we were a little lax for some issues we were out doing some shopping because it's the holidays of course and we'll get to you those stories in just a minute just a moment we'll go straight to the top 10 stories kind of down from 10 to 1 Segment two of the show will be a segment where we'll go through the bottom five. That story's number 188 to 192. Just for some perspective of what stories did not quite make it. And normally, those stories are stories that got posted very, very late on Thursday, early Friday. They get a lot of time. That's the case with most of these, although one of these stories lasts the full seven and a half days. So we'll get to those in a bit. Segment three, we'll do our shout outs, show love to folks that showed us love throughout the week and wrap the whole thing up. So once again, to be a part of the countdown, you all you have to do is follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation or Facebook. This is a conversation. Make sure we are set to be a main default in your feed. And as the stories come down, you just engage with them and do what you want to do. And then listen on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, whenever you want to get the podcast and see what happens. Of course, any conversation you want to have outside of this podcast is can be found by emailing us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and links to every single story that we'll talk about, including that number 11 blank story. We call it the blank story because that's where we cut off things off about America's Got Talent judges. They're leaving and their complaints on the way out. You can find links to that at this is the conversation dot com. Find that for the podcast week ending November the 30th, 2019. 
Let's go ahead and get into the headlines for this week. Starting off at number 10, the story that kicks us off has a bump in response of the cutoff story at 4.27%. That means this story was more responsive than that story by 4.27%. More people were engaged in that story to get things started. The headline is Hong Kong Democrats cheer landslide victories in local elections amid political crisis. Crisis. Sorry about that. Reuters is our source for this. Sunday, the 24th of November is when we posted this story. A few lines from this get the context of what was going on at the time. Hong Kong's leader said on Monday she would listen to public opinion after a landslide election victory by opponents of Chinese rule amid months of sometimes violent pro-democracy unrest. Democratic candidates secured almost 90 percent of 452 district council seats in Sunday's poll held during a rare weekend lull in clashes with police despite a strongly resourced and mobilized pro-establishment opposition. Hong Kong's pro-Beijing chief executive, Carrie Lam, said the government respected the results and wished, quote, the peaceful, safe and orderly situation to continue. More from Lam. Quite a few are uh, of the view that the results reflect people's dissatisfaction with the current situation and the deep-seated problems in society. The government would listen to the opinions of members of the public humbly and seriously reflect on her statement. Of course, elections brought a record turnout after six months of protests and upset wins for Democrats against heavyweight pro-Beijing opponents greeted in some voting centers with chants of liberate Hong Kong and revolution now. This is one that's a very interesting story, a very interesting situation for us at the conversation. Essentially from day one, six months ago, we started posting links with something about the the demonstrations in Hong Kong, and we've not had a single week without a Hong Kong demonstration story of some sort. Some have been about the violence umping, some about it downing, some bit about different things going on, some bit about the craziness just in general of the situation. And this is something that, that we're very interested in keeping up with because as this podcast being done by an American, we have all the American ideals that we supposedly have learned in history, and we're seeing other countries, other nations trying to defend the various things that we take for granted sometimes. So congratulations for the democracy in Hong Kong. Congratulations for the Democrats winning the seats there. And we'll see how this thing plays out and hopefully less craziness, less uh, protest and unrest very, very soon. The story in the number nine spot also posted on Sunday, the 24th of November. This one gets a bumper response from the 10 of 6.43%. The headline is Michael Bloomberg announces presidential run will not accept political donations and he will not take a salary if he wins. The source of this is CNBC. And so basically, since I've read the headline, which all the headlines basically said the same thing, you know the deal. Michael Bloomberg has been floating balloons on whether you should jump into their presidential race. He actually filed in Alabama two weeks ago because their deadline was so early so that he'd be on the ballot. And now his full operation is in full swing. He has... He has lots of money in his pocket, so he's spending a lot of money on ads. Right now, Bloomberg is somewhere around 3% in the running for more or less polling, so where things people are seeing. So he just popped in, so he has to, of course, fight those battles. And, of course, not been on any debate stage yet. We'll see whether he gets to those debate stages uh, pretty soon, which we'll probably find some way to get there. Uh, it's a really weird situation with the Democrats right now, and they're running. I think about 17 of the original 22 big number, which, of course, grew up to around 25. And Bloomberg, not the only person to pop into the race. Patrick Duvall, of course, threw his hat in the ring a few weeks ago, a few days ago as well. And, of course, he's not ranking anywhere, and some people are 
loving the guy, but not so much in love with him jumping into this craziness as it is. So we'll see how this thing plays out. We are nearing the end of our year, so we're actually nearing the actual time to vote on things. About 11 months, if you count, don't count the end of November, till we actually vote for this guy or gal who's going to be our next president. Remember, these are people, many of them actual billionaires, who are applying for jobs that pay only $400,000 a year. So you have to kind of weigh in the silliness of that, the way we run our things here in the States and in general around the world. Speaking of politics and craziness, over in Britain, they're going to have an election literally next week. And as they're having their election, our President Trump will be in town doing President Trump things in town. And the man in charge of the UK right now having some issues, number one, not getting stuff done, and number two, going back in the day and saying really stupid things, as politicians tend to do. Your headline for story number eight, Boris Johnson said children of single mothers who were, quote, ill-raised, ignorant, aggressive, and illegitimate, quote, in newly unearthed column. This came from the Independent on Thursday, the 28th of November. The bumper response is 4.95, but it actually came from the Spectre in 1999. Boris Johnson's been at this politics thing for quite some time. So this is something, another thing where someone said something in the past that's come back to haunt them. Someone's done things in the past that really weren't all that brilliant. Or they did something that would, with the times, and the times, oh, have they changed. Boris Johnson's having his words pulled up from him from 20 years ago. is showing that Boris Johnson is kind of a caveman in his thinking. At least he was back then, and so we are to assume he still is right now. Of course, your mileage on caveman thinking may vary, but this is just more of the silliness that goes along in politics, which reminds people that everything is taken down, and especially in this day and age, pretty much everything is archived and can be found as soon as you put yourself out there in a the public eye. So if you don't want to have these really bad things about you found out, don't put yourself on the public eye. If you're willing to put put yourself out in the public eye, be ready for really bad things to be found out about you. This we're seeing from many people. Boris Johnson, just one of the many in politics who's showing that their age and the words they say as their age don't necessarily age very well. This next story simply breaks my heart. Headline for number seven reads, 13-year-old arrested in L.A. middle school shooting threat had access to AR-15 rifle. Posted on Saturday, the 23rd of November, this gets a bumper response from the number eight story of 25.65%. So this one apparently broke a lot of other people's hearts as well. Our source for this is the Washington Post, but this is something that's happening all over these days. Let me read a few lines from this story. Police in Los Angeles said Friday they arrested a 13-year-old boy who allegedly threatened to shoot students at his middle school and seized an assault-style rifle with a high-capacity magazine during a search of his house. When officers took the boy into custody, police said they found a hand-drawn map of Animal May Jameson Charter School, Charter Middle School in South Los Angeles and a list containing names of student and staff members. Along with the boy, police arrested a 19-year-old male family member on a charge of possession of an unregistered firearm and confiscated about 100 rounds of ammunition, according to the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. The arrests are the latest effort by authorities to get ahead of a rash of school shooting threats that have rattled the Los Angeles region in the days since a 16-year-old student opened fire on his classmates at Saugus High School in Santa Clara on November 14th. 
killing two and wounding three others. In the past week, police have arrested several teenagers on suspicion of threatening schools in the area and have investigated multiple reports of threats, some of which were found not to be credible. So there's our problem, if you will, a very quick chance to kind of be editorialized. This problem is these things are becoming way too normal. The fact that there's so many uncredible thoughts or just uncredible occurrences of this is just that kids are acting stupid and acting up and just sort of throwing things out there willy-nilly. Although it's great that they're doing that instead of actually planning and plotting these things out. But these sort of incidents are becoming way too normal and way too sensitized. It's one thing to complain, I complain a lot about the television that's aimed around the teenagers, you know, young adult stuff, where these are actual young adults playing teenagers in situations that are way out of line to what a normal day in school is. Something totally different to be chasing down potential people who are going to shoot up schools for whatever reason. This is not an item that I can fix, and I'm glad I'm not tasked with trying to fix that. But just something to think about. Are we getting too desensitized to these sorts of incidents? We can have a conversation about this one and any topic that we talk about today by emailing me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and we can go deeper. The arrival of a championship team for a photo op with the president is kind of a coin toss these days. And the president loves them when they show up and he will call them out when they don't. This championship team did show up but had a bit of an agenda. But that agenda was thwarted at the last minute. Headline for the number six story reads, Champion College team blocked from giving Trump a letter at White House. Friday, the 22nd of November was the date this was posted. A 9.17% bump in response in that story from the six, uh, from the seven, I should say. We got the source from USA Today, and here is the, the rest of the story to that headline. That headline's a little vague. Here's what really happened. Several members of the Columbia University fencing team wanted to confront President Donald Trump on Friday over his administration's stance on gender issues as they joined around 20 other NCAA title-winning teams for the White House's National Champions Day. Members of the Columbia fencing team had prepared a letter disavowing the Trump administration's policies with two captains signing several copies. However, team captain Elsie Gould told USA Today Sports that before a scheduled photo with Trump, she was informed the Secret Service would not allow the athletes to directly present a letter to the president. Quote, we passed a letter to a member of the White House press team, but it remains unclear if the press team spokesman will actually deliver it as he said he would. That came from Gout to USA Today Sports. The letter, according to a copy initially provided to the Washington Post, read as this. The victory for which you mean to honor us today cannot be separated from the diversity that comprises our team. We as collegiate fencers have committed our athletic careers to understanding how our individual strengths, irrespective of gender, may be best leveraged for the advancement of the collective. But while ours is a victory born from values of gender equality, yours is one shadowed by continued acts of gender-based prejudice and partisanship. As a symbol of our solidarity with those impacted by gender-based itch discrimination, we have chosen to wear white buttons during our visit. For us, these buttons and the movement behind them extend far beyond our own experiences. We are one small part of a much larger team of athletes across sports and across U.S. history who have found within their platform of responsibility to fight for greater freedoms. 
You can read deeper into this by going to our website, thisisaconversation.com. Click on a link for this week's podcast, podcast week ending November 30th, 2019. And you can see links to all the stories we're talking about in the podcast, all the way from the top to the bottom. Everything we're talking about will be listed at the website for the link for this week's podcast. So check it out at thisisaconversation.com. Watches are a thing. Uh, they're a status symbol and have been for pretty much forever. But right now, watches and expensive watches, really cool timepieces are a thing. Me, I wear a Versa, uh, Fitbit Versa, so I'm not big into all those things. But uh, for someone out there who is looking to impress a lady, make sure that lady isn't trying to unburden you of your timepiece for her own gain. Headline from number five. Florida woman accused of stealing $110,000 in watches from dates. New York Post is our source of the story. Monday, the 25th of November's day, we posted this. And it gets a bumper response from the story at the six spot of 1.15%. Yes, you want to know. Here are some lines from that story. A Florida woman was busted for allegedly swiping more than $110,000 worth of luxury watches from men she met at clubs, including one tourist from New York robbed of his $56,000 timepiece. Caitlin Woltowicz, 25, was charged Wednesday with grand theft in connection to three different cases where she allegedly took dates back to their hotel rooms after a night of partying, waiting until they dozed off, and then took off with their watches, cash, and other goods. The blonde vixen met with the first alleged victim at the Moki Lounge in Miami Beach in May of 2018 and, after a couple drinks, went back to his room at the Fontainebleau Hotel, 7 News Miami reported, citing court reports. When the guy woke up, Walter Tewitz was gone, and so were his $12,000 watch, $12,000 in cash, $800 Apple iPhone 7, and $600 Gucci belt, according to court docs. A few months later, on October 10th, a New Yorker visiting Miami Beach met up with Wojtovich at the same club before taking her back to his hotel room at one hotel. He went to sleep wearing a $56,000 watch. It was missing when he woke up. In the third case, Wojtovich allegedly went up to a man at a Mandarin hotel bar in January 2019, began flirting with him. When they went back to his room, the man put away some high-end jewelry in a safe and, while doing so, felt Wojtovich standing behind him, the rest report states. After placing the items in the safe, the victim has no recollection of the remainder of the night. Wojtovich allegedly got away with two $20,000 timepieces, a $10,000 Rolex, and some money. She was released from jail on $22,500 bond and her arraignment in Miami-Dade County Court set for December the 19th. This isn't the first time she's been accused of swindling men out of their watches. You can go deeper into the story and go just how long she's been doing this scam by going to the website, thisistheconversation.com. Click the link for this story on our podcast for this week. Of course, week ending in November the 30th, 2019. Fans of the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade who may have tuned in yesterday to see one of the hosts of today's show, Savannah Guthrie, there, which she would be for the parade, and wondering what all the questions about her eye were all about, well, story number four is the answer. Headline. Today's show's host, Vanna Guthrie, is recovering after her two-year-old son threw a toy train at her, tearing her retina and causing her to almost go blind in one eye. The headline says it all. Business Insider is the source of this story, at least our source for it, and of course, came in yesterday on Thanksgiving, Thursday, the 28th of November, with a bumper response from the number five story of 41.51%. So the headline basically says it all, and it essentially is the wrath of a toddler being a toddler. 
on a freak accident, the toddler told this through a tour train at her at her mother um, and or at his mother, should say, and hit her in just the right way that it did all the damage. Uh, she's been recovering from this injury and she was there on scene for the parade right there in the square in front of all the festivities and saying the eye was fine and the surgery was fine. Everything is good. If you want deeper details into what's going on with this, you can check out the link inside of the podcast or search more on this. If you are a frequent f- fan watcher of the Today show, you probably knew more about this than I did. This was a weird story because everyone's asking what's up with the eye. And then a few hours later, the story popped up, and now I know why they were asking about the eye. Another heartbreaking and seemingly senseless story, but these also seem to be a trend these days. Your headline for number three, Detroit police officer murdered in ambush while responding to a home invasion call. Our source, this is AmericanMilitaryNews.com. This one lasted quite a while as well. Saturday, 23rd of November, the day we posted this one, a bump in response on this story from the four story of 37 Here's some lines from this one. And of course, our thoughts and prayers are going out to this family. And this one, it's just hard to take in. Four Detroit police officers were responding to a home invasion call Wednesday night when they were ambushed by an armed suspect in the basement of their home, leaving one officer dead and another wounded. Officer Rasheen McLean was shot in the neck while a second shot struck officer Philippe Bautombeis on his left ankle, Detroit News reported. Officers returned fire, striking the suspect who fled and was later captured. McLean later succumbed to his injuries. This is a heartbreaking day for the brave men and women of Detroit Police Department, Detroit Police Chief James Craig said Thursday at a press conference. McLean was 46 and he was a 16-year veteran of the police force. Craig said it was, quote, no surprise McLean took charge of the scene when he arrived. Resident of the home who ran to arriving police officers reportedly provided McLean a key to the house. McLean, Boston Beast, and two other officers planned to stealthily enter the home where they believed the intruder was hiding and clear him out. Officers reportedly cleared the upper f- floor of the home but encountered a suspect who was lying in wait in the basement. Subjects were reportedly armed with an SKS semi-automatic rifle. Police believe the suspect may have had a dispute with his girlfriend and had reportedly shot at the home two weeks prior because his girlfriend's relatives wouldn't let him in. The story goes deeper into the incident and deeper into the life of Officer McLean. You can check it out at our website, thisisaconversation.com. A YouTube influencer decided not to take a big endorsement from someone you probably have heard of and says that it's, you know, she's going for morals. But she's really could use the money, actually. Here's your headline. Hopefully I don't butcher her name too bad, but I don't know her. YouTuber Tana Mago said she turned down a $2 million deal with energy drink company, even though she's cripplingly demonetized. Now, we posted this story, as we said, on Thursday, the 28th. So this was posted yesterday, Thanksgiving, and gained a lot of love from you guys quickly. In fact, the number one Twitter story, which is why it got to be so big, a number two story, a bumper response of 56.23% total from the number three story. I'm going to read you the bullet points from the insider because they offer up the bullet points and then we'll get to the big story in just a second. But here we go. Tana Mago said she turned down a $2 million sponsorship deal from drink company Bang Energy and she made a 17 minute video about turning it down because that's what you do. She said she originally was approached for $1.1 million, then they upped it to $2 million, but she and her manager decided to not take that one. She said the CEO wanted her to advertise the company for six months and tell people to follow him in Instagram posts. And this is her thought process on that. A quote from her. 
I never want to be that girl on Instagram like, hee hee, the sunrise was so pretty today. Follow the Bang Energy CEO. That's a quote from her. She also says she didn't want to compromise who she is for money. Another quote, if I was just in this for the money, I'd be making slime and never swearing. Which makes sense because my kid loves watching videos of people making slime, although she's a little young for the swearing part. So there you go. So congratulations, Tara Mangu. Hopefully I've said your name right. I've said it three different times. I'm sure one of those times is right. For having morals, having a commitment to your stance and missing out on $2 million from Bang Energy. Bang Energy will probably recover some way, but you know this is actually a, a good thing. This is showing, if she's to be believed, that she's not just in this thing for money. She wants to actually have her followers believe her authenticity. Although, to be honest... I probably would have taken the money. And now it is time to hype up the story at the number one spot as per you. This is a story, despite all the craziness that went on in the world, either in headline news or inside of what we posted, that you were the most responsive to. This was the story that was the number one Facebook impression story. So more people on Facebook bumped this one than any other story in the countdown. And we posted it on Friday, the 22nd of November. So this one lasted quite some time. In fact, it, it lasted so long that there were other stories about it that helped to push this one to the top it has a bump of response from the number two story of 11.46 percent it has a bump of response from the number 10 story that is this headline on hong kong democrats cheering the landside victory in their elections of 423 percent and from the very bottom of the list the story that is pretty much irrelevant at this point, but we'll see once you actually hear about it. At number 192, it was more responsive by 8,850%. Your headline for your number one story this week, Elon Musk unveils Tesla's electric Cybertruck. CNBC is our source for this listing, and I'm going to read you some stuff from what's going on and sort of interject in bits and pieces as we go. Tesla CEO Elon Musk unveiled the company's all-electric pickup, the Cybertruck, on Thursday night at one of his company's signature promotional events in Los Angeles. The vehicle, which represents a large metallic trapezoid, it's hard to read because it's hard to read, will start at $39,900. The truck is Tesla's sixth vehicle model since the company was founded in 2003, and it's the most experimental. It will be competing in a market against the Ford F-Series, which has been the best-selling pickup truck for more than 40 years in the U.S., followed by General Motors' Chevy Chevrolet, Silverado, words today, another formidable competitor. Musk previously said Tesla intended to price its base model at under $50,000, that the truck's styling would be cyberpunk rather than traditional, inspired by two films, Blade Runner and The Spy Who Loved Me. Not sure where the spider love me came from, but okay. The CEO also previously suggested the demand for Tesla's pickup may be less than the company's flagship Model S sedan or Model X SUV combined, owning a unique design. Now, stop by the website and click on the link for this story. I don't have a lot of of I really don't have a lot of editorial to go with this one, other than the fact it's a very, very, very ugly thing to be driving i'm sure models as they get better i mean when they started changing the body side the body designs of other pickup trucks they all look kind of bad until people got used to them and they, they defined them but this is like a big sort of like you took a piece of clay and chopped up a bunch of trapezoids and put it together looking at it looks weird it's electric so the power of it's got to be tested and the biggest thing is it was 
it was described as bulletproof and indestructible, but then Elon Musk threw a ball at the window and it and it shattered. So it wasn't quite indestructible. Other stories popped up where the Ford series are like, dude, let's do this thing. Let's let's try this thing out. Let's fight. Let's do it. We're going to test these things side by side. Elon Musk is like, yeah, you got it. And, of course, uh, the the big thing that came out the day after this story was released, the day after the whole thing came through, was the fact that uh, the sales or the pre-sales, pre-orders for this thing were pretty high. Some people want to be the first people to own a Tesla cyber truck. Maybe they think it's just cool to be the first. Maybe they think they can get a lot of work out of it. And the price, $35,000, isn't a bad price for a good-sized pickup truck. But this, of course, is a weird-looking good-sized pickup truck. The best thing I can say on this one is stop by the website, thisistheconversation.com, and click the link for this week's podcast, podcast ending November to, uh, November the 30th, 2019, and look at the Cybertruck if you've not seen it. You've had to have seen it all over the place. Although, by the way, the reason why we do this podcast this way is because a lot of these stories don't get a lot of love and a lot of traction in other news media anywhere. If you're an all-day watcher like I am, yeah, the Cybertruck got, got a little bit, but some of these stories that we posted that you said were the tops did not see any mention in any national media. So thank you so much for telling us what stories were the tops. Now, if you didn't get a chance to tell us what stories were the tops, you're new to this thing and you want to know how to get into this, it's very simple. You just use your social media as you use your social media. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation and on Facebook and Instagram. Look for this is a conversation on Facebook and Twitter. We will post a link about every 50 minutes or so throughout the days, Monday through Friday. And if you see a new story that catches your interest, you want to check out number one, read it. So you're informed. And number two, tell us what you think about it by liking it, loving it, sharing it, hating it, responding to it, being engaged to the actual story. The more engagement a story gets, the higher it goes in the score. And on Friday mornings, we take the scores from Twitter and Facebook. We put them in a spreadsheet and weigh them out to an even number, a raw score for total, if you will. And that's what we have to have a story at the very top, which this week's means being at the number one. Actually, top always means being at the number one, but that means additions from the bottom is 192. We didn't get a lot of stuff in this week because of the holidays and things getting away. So in just a moment, we'll tell you about those stories at the bottom five, the stories that did get a lot of love. Most of them are late posting stories, but one of them basically lasted the entire week that you didn't care about. And that one, unfortunately for, for me, I guess, it's one of my most favorite stories of the week. You'll hear about it in just a moment here on the weekly wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is from thisisaconversation.com, and this is for the week ending November the 30th, 2019. The holidays are here, and you need a great gift to give. Cloud9 Living has a great gift to give. Over 2,000 different great experiences to live. Whether you want to drive race cars, whether you want to climb tall things, you want to ride hot air balloons, you want to zip line across big, vast expanses of land, or you just want to go play golf. They have an excursion that's right in your alley and literally right in your alley. It's near where you are, it's near where you want to go, and it's something that you may have never even thought that you want to try, but it's something that's right there in front of you. They have so many great excursions, and all the ratings are awesome. And the biggest thing that we're doing right now is, and we talk about Cloud9 a lot, they're one of our most favorite sponsors, and they take care of myself and my family for our vacations, is that they are geared up for your holiday season gifting. 
20% off your excursions and 20% off your gift cards right now at Cloud9. And you can get an extra special dealio by helping us and helping yourself by going through our link at our website, this is a conversation.com slash cloud nine. That's the numeral nine, of course. This is a conversation.com slash cloud nine. Now, the biggest thing about cloud nine living is that you can buy your excursions or you can buy your gift cards and they never lose value in cash. So if you take a long time to use that thing and maybe the price of the thing goes up, you don't miss out a beat. Maybe the think that you take a long time to use it and they'll start taking money away so they can get their money back. They don't do that. It's always in the books as it is. And if you want to exchange something because you decide you don't want to jump out of that airplane anymore, just want to play golf, you can easily exchange it for the full cash value. And like I say, a gift certificate never loses value. So you can buy a gift certificate and figure out what you want to do later. And the money you spend will always be the money you spend. Check them out with all the great excursions that they do and all the great reviews that they have. They will take good care of you and your next excursion. It's not a vacation. It's like an adventure. They have it taken care of for you. Check out thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9. Thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9. Remember, the conversation is powered by you, so visiting our sponsors helps us keep things going here, and we are so glad to have a sponsor like this one. They are Cloud9 Living. It is time to go through the bottom five, and this is something fairly new to the podcast. We've had some changes, as you can guess, over a four-year podcast to how this thing works, but this is something we've implemented fairly recently in this format, and we've gotten a lot of good responses from it. If you want to give me a more good responses or more bad responses, we've had some bad ones too, email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. So we're just going to go through a very quick rundown of the headlines and some info on them. As we said, the links to all these stories are at our website. Go to thisistheconversation.com and click on the link for this week's podcast, podcast week ending November the 30th, 2019. And beginning with story number 188 this week, the headline is Teacher of the Year Randy Chavera Allegedly Gave Student Oral Sex. Yes, that's the story there that happened. We posted on Thursday the 28th, so that posted yesterday fairly late uh, in the afternoon. So it had some time to gain some traction, but more stories were more important to you guys. Uh, the level of response to it will give you that as the bumper response between the number one story and that one, 3,968%. Coming in at 5,866% response is the number at 189. That story has this headline, TikTok apologizes after video of teen highlighting Uyghur crisis was removed. There was a teen on TikTok who was highlighting atrocities in, in the nation, doing good things, really good things. Uh, I halfway joked about our story in the number two spot about the, the girl who turned down the endorsement. But this was someone who was using TikTok, using the social media platform to show atrocities. And TikTok took them down. And they had to apologize for doing a bad thing for someone doing a good thing. Check out more details by clicking the link on that story. At 190 this week, the story with a bump in response less than the number one of 6,292%. Twitter halts deletion plan. So Twitter had been planning to get rid of a whole bunch of dead accounts, essentially letting people know if they hadn't used their account in six months, they were going to basically wipe them out. And since there are many accounts out there since the beginning of Twitter time, 
There was a whole lot of Twitter about to be erased and huge upcry of people who essentially kept Twitter accounts for people who were deceased causes that were sort of not sidelined or a package that had different information in there. They wanted to keep them for historical purposes or just for memory purposes. Just like we have the thing right now where people are having issues on Facebook where, you know, they want to get access to the content from people that they knew after they died, but because of privacy, they won't let them in. The, of course, the, the way to get around that is just let the site, let their profile stay up forever. Twitter thought they were just going to get rid of a bunch of bots and a bunch of old accounts and things that people made up. But since you can't actually distinguish what someone made up to, uh, to just be a joke to what, what someone used and then stop using after their death, they're backing off that plan. The story at 191 this week, this is actually my very favorite story of the week, and bar none. Huffington Post posted this one with pictures. The headline is, Dog Puts Car in Reverse and Drives in Circles for an Hour in Florida Cul-de-Sac. If you can't love a story like that one, I don't know what's wrong with you. And apparently, there's a lot wrong with all of you. Friday the 22nd, yes, last Friday today, we posted this one. And this one at the almost bottom is uh, less responsive than the number one story by 6,292.86%. So the exact same amount as a story about Twitter deletion. You care so little about Twitter deleting accounts as you do about this lovable dog doing awesome things. The story at the number number 192 spot, the very bottom this week, reads like this. Custom agents seize $95 million in counterfeit goods along with thousands of fake IDs. That's a pretty big story, actually, you might want to check out. Friday of this taping, that means this morning, this was posted fairly late into the countdown or early into the morning, how you want to look at it. This is one that might get you on a crime scene thing that might pop up later. This is one that may actually gain some traction and stick around till next week. We'll see. Uh, you never really know with these things, but we do know that this is one story that you guys didn't get up early for this morning, probably because you're in line for Black Friday to go fight over Nintendos and and Yeti coolers and whatever people fight over at Black Friday. I don't mean no do that. But that's the bottom five for this week. Coming up in just a moment, we will do some shout outs, talking some love to people who gave us extra love this week and wrap the whole kit and boodle up here on the weekly wrap up show from This is the Conversation. This is for the week ending November the 30th, 2019. I have no idea how I started following Amy Latta on the internet, but some way, somehow, in the list of random coaches that were going through a couple years ago, Amy Latta popped up into my radar, and I started following her because she had some pretty cool advice. She is, well, I am not in her demo. She was, at the time, teaching uh, women to uh, basically get fit, helping them figure out how to get their lives in order so they can go ahead and get to the gym and get better at their businesses. She took a hiatus from that podcast. She took a break from what she's doing coaching and shifted her view to coaching confident people in the coaching business. In fact, a line from her website, despite your certification and investing in business courses, no one taught you what you really need, the self-confidence needed to take the actions that consistently sign clients. I am sharing these secrets I learned creating self-confidence right here. And right here is a brand new podcast called The Confident Coaches Podcast, which you can find at this simple website, 
Amy Lada, which is spelled A-M-Y-L-A-T-T-A dot com slash podcast. Amy Lada is a life coach, so there you go. She's focuses on women, so obviously I'm not in that client base there. But if you are a woman or just want to follow her podcast and one of the great things she has going on, you can check it out. She just launched it literally this week with uh, three episodes in the can, so you're not left hanging with stuff to listen to, and you can get gathered into what she's going on. She is totally real, uh, totally profane, and really in tune with what people are looking for. She was great doing the thing before with the coaching women to get up and get going. And now she's going to be great in this thing here, this podcast. And she's already picked up her clientele in her coaching business, coaching other women. So I've said that a bunch. Like I said, I'm not the demo, but I can be an admirer and I admire Amy Ladd and the work she does. And the confidence coaches podcast is the podcast for this week that we are highlighting here on. This is the conversation. So check her out, see what's going on and whether you are in her demo or not, I think there's a few things you can learn from what she's got cooking inside what she's got going on. So check it out. And this is our podcast spotlight for this week. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast, joining us for the newness, the changes, the things going on. A lot of things working very well, and this podcast will be done a whole lot crisper, a whole lot nicer, a whole lot cleaner, a whole lot earlier than we planned. And so this is actually throwing off our plans for the radio stuff because we needed more time, uh, more time just to sync split ups of times. And right now where this thing is clocking in so fast. We have to rethink our radio goals. So we'll do that. But we're going to keep giving you this podcast as best as possible. And maybe the radio is not quite our future. If you want to help us out with our future, you can easily do it by literally ponying up a little bit of money. I'm going to say it just like that. We have two ways to get to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash this is conversation and this is a conversation.com slash Patreon. And what you do there is pretty simple. Sign up to join. You've, you've probably heard people on Patreon or people talk about Patreon all the time and their podcasts. Sign up to be a monthly patron to help fund the ways going on. We don't need a lot of money from a, every, a lot of people. We just need a lot of people to give us a little bit of money to show how well it goes. You also do a quick hit or even do a monthly subscription via a website called Buy Me a Coffee. And that's by going to buymeacoffee.com slash J. Cleveland Payne. It's quick. It's simple. And easy. Next week, on the first week of the month, we'll go through the people who are in the subscription base, people who have sent us uh, donations, if you will, or, or pledges, if you will, via Patreon and Buy Me a Coffee. We do that for the first outing every single month, so we'll do that coming up next week when we actually have a first of the month. Right now, we'll do the regular shout-outs, the people who showed us extra love and affection inside of Facebook and Twitter on this past week, even on a holiday week as well, love going out Twitter first to Flava Arocha, also Tana Montague. Yeah, we talked about Tana Montague. Thank you so much. She liked the story we had about her. Hopefully I have your name spelled right or pronounced right. Sharon Green as well. Rodney Lavoy Jr. Potsgur. Check them out online. Brian B. Smith, P.E. I'm not sure what the P.E. is, but I'm sure that makes him really, really, really smart. Great land. And, of course, my good friends at Spy Stories and In the Black Podcast. There was a bunch of back and forth going on this week about podcasting you love and you're showing thanks for. Uh, Paid in a Pod as well, podcasts you should love and thanks for. And those three were some that I shouted out to, and they did some shout-outs back. And Blind Melon's Twitter account, because we did a story, post a story uh, a while ago, though, 
on their uh, Blind Melon having a documentary coming out, and they liked that actual tweet. And now for the love on Facebook, which is usually like usual suspects, same people pop up here and there because they've liked diverse things. But we do have some diversity there. I'm going to try to pronounce his name because I'm so thankful for him. Sean Aguligan, which I didn't do well, but I'm so thankful for him. He's Big O from the In the Black Podcast. Also Adele Carnes, Ruth Ann Miller in the house this week. Love from Clarence G. East Springer. Uh, Kevin Clay commented this week. Susan Martinez popped in. Uh, Daniel Williams. Also some love from Trey Sutton. Uh, also Rebecca Davis. And let's get a few more in quick, quickly scan through for Britt Dean and Kelly Reap. Thank you so much for helping me keep this thing going and showing that the conversation is definitely worth the effort so we can have much better conversations. And that's it. We don't have a something extra for this segment here, so we're going to wrap it up. As we said, you can sponsor us. You can help us keep things going by going to patreon.com slash this is the conversation or buymeacoffee.com slash Payne. Those are ways to keep us caffeinated and keep us funded to keep things rolling along. You can easily just click on a link at our website, this is the conversation.com. Any sponsor link is an affiliate link. If you buy from them through those links, we get a little cut. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It keeps things going here. We definitely want you to check out our sponsored, our big featured sponsors week, which is Cloud9 Living. And they're ready for your holiday shopping because it can be as simple as a gift certificate. You can send to someone and they can take it wherever they want to, when they want to, because as we say, the price value never gets lost. This is the conversation.com slash cloud nine. Also check out the great podcast that you are going to fall in love with because I have, and you will too. It is the confident coaches podcast from Amy Lada at Amy slash podcast. And if you're a coach or just looking for improvement, you'll find great things from this, whether you are, as I said, in her demo, a woman or not in her demo. That's not a woman which these days the options go really, 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 really deep. To be a part of the conversation is very simple. Go to our website, thisisconversation.com. We have a daily or a Monday through Thursday newsletter with the stories. On Monday, we go through the weekend, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the top stories, eight stories from the past period of time. You can get that in your email inbox as well for quick reading. You also find the links to every single story we talked about today at the website for this week's podcast, this is podcast week ending the 30th November 2019. All that at thisistheconversation.com. Also there at this conversation, you can find ways to actually get into that, that survey group. Like I said, every so often we try to do a boost to get in, get it going. So if you think you want to get into paid surveys, we have a way to make that happen as well. Look for that at thisisaconversation.com. The best thing you can do for all of us is to basically be here next week, subscribe to the podcast, and get other people into it as well. So share it with friends, share it with enemies, share it with perfect strangers. The perfect stranger is anybody who's strange to you. Grab their phone, subscribe to the podcast, hand it back to them, and then go do that at least five more times this week. You've got plenty of time. You had a day off yesterday. You got to make up some work anyway, so go ahead and get that going. I'd greatly appreciate it. And oh, they'd greatly appreciate it as well. And with that, I say thank you three times, wrap it up, and say thank you three times. So thank you thank you thank you i am jay cleveland Payne, and this podcast this movement this website this whole shebang doesn't work without you on the other end taking it in and sending it to us it's on all it's like a big circle around here so let the circle be unbroken and keep on sending in your your 
responses and keep on listening to the podcast and we'll keep on keeping on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next week with the weekly wrap up show from the conversation project. And this is the conversation.com. <laughs>